when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Are you looking for a podcast that brings you all the latest news and analysis on the silver and black? Carr from under center looks downfield, fires deep, complete. Waller's got it. How about interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Henry Ruggs, the speed, touchdown, Carr with another bomb. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, let's go. And welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Welcome to Chiefs Week. Always one of the weeks that we look forward to as Raider fans. A, a big-time AFC West rivalry, uh, prime-time Sunday night football matchup for the Raiders, and they're looking to get back on track after a brutal big-time letdown on the road against the Giants. I'll get you some more of my thoughts on that in just a moment. Just Pod Baby is powered by VegasSportsToday.com, your one-stop shop for all things Las Vegas sports. If you are new to the podcast and you like what you hear, go out there and click that subscribe button for me. Uh, so you're always getting the latest. You can also find all the episodes housed over at JustPodBaby.com. Occasionally, I will throw some stuff up over on the blog page. And finally, you can follow me on Twitter at egroat 5 I've got the rundown for you this week. We're going to be touching on a couple of different topics here in segment one. I want to quickly recap the loss to the Giants. Uh, there's also a new wide receiver in the building with Deshaun Jackson, so I want to get you some of my thoughts on that. And and we are also, we're at the halfway point here in the year. We're going to take a look at how the AFC playoff picture is shaping up. So a busy start to the show. And then in segment two, got a really great guest lined up. Uh, he's been on the show in the past. We're going to chat with Blair Kirkhoff, sports writer for the Kansas City Star. And we're, we will see what he thinks um, about what's going on with this Chiefs offense. So I'm looking forward to speaking with him and, and, and to getting some of his uh, insight. But we will begin this week with a, a recap of the, the the loss to the Giants, the lowly Giants. I think it was really quite simple. When, when you, you don't have to be Vince Lombardi, right, to figure this one out. When you turn the ball over three times, including a pick six, and then a sack fumble at your opponent's 13-yard line, you're not going to win those games. Generally, that's not how it how it works out, um, and it really doesn't matter who you're playing. When you turn the ball over three times, that's a recipe for disaster. Now, you, comp- you compound that with um, terrible red zone efficiency. Six times the Raiders' offense traveled into the red zone, and they, they only converted that into a touchdown one time. Uh, they did have the three field goals. Daniel Carlson did miss the chip shot. Uh, and then and then the sack fumble that I mentioned, which iced the game for the Giants. So a, really a, a poor game uh, from, from that perspective. And Derek Carr in the passing game especially, they could not get into any kind of rhythm. And if you listen to, the, listen to me last week on the podcast, I was really excited to see Brian Edwards, what he would do with a little bit more on his plate. I was looking forward to seeing Zay Jones get some more opportunities and, and, and to see these guys step up when their team needed it, but they both came up really, really small. It, it combined one catch for 20 yards, and I have to admit, I, I, I may have been underestimating uh, the impact uh, that Ruggs had on the offense. You know, obviously he was leading the team in, in receiving yards, but 
I mentioned before, he was never really a high-volume guy, so it wasn't as if he was seeing a, a, a lot of targets. But, you know, you can't underestimate those those big plays that he makes, those 60-yard those passes. They can really change uh, the course of a game. Um, but you could just see it, and you, and you could feel it, that there was an element uh, to the offense that was missing. So I thought it was completely on the offense, this one. And I'm not going to sit here and be overly critical of Derek Carr. It, it was bad. We know that. He's been playing at a really high level this year, so I, I think with all that's been going around him and the uh, going on around him, I should say, in the past you know four to five weeks, I, I think he gets a pass for this one. At least, at least in my my opinion, um, I was happy to see the production uh, from the run game. That was good. You know, it's it's been slow going. Josh Jacobs was active in the game with 13 carries for 76 yards. That's a healthy 5.8 yards per carry. So that's a good sign. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, chipped in with four carries and for 30 yards, and he was he was involved a lot in the passing game as well. So I really like what we're seeing from Kenyon Drake and his usage. Uh, you know, really in the last three weeks since Gruden's been gone. Um, but we are starting to see some signs of life with the run game. Still only 27th in the NFL, averaging 89 yards a game. But there's a heartbeat right now, and they need to, need to keep building on that. So I'm hoping they, they will do that here um, in the next few games. The offensive line, you know I was, you know, I've, I had a lot to say about the offensive line uh, all offseason and, and into the uh, beginning part of the season. They've quietly been getting a little bit better uh, week by week, and, you know, it's it's been it's been better. Still not great, but Andre James, uh, one of the guys who I've been critical of, had a nice game, graded out really well at Pro Football Focus with his highest uh, grade of the year with an 83. Alex Leatherwood, you know, holding his own at guard. I think that move was was has been good for him. Still has a long ways to go as a pass protector. You know, allowing 20 or excuse me, 33 pressures this year. But uh, I do think the Tom Cable effect is starting to show up a little bit here. They aren't off the hook in my eyes. They are still still a liability at times, but no, they've been respectable. So I got to give them a little bit of credit. Um, you know, go over to the defensive side of the ball. I thought they did more than enough uh, to win the game. But again, those three offensive turnovers really, really puts you in a tough spot. Yannick Ngakwe had a really big game with the two sacks and the forced fumble. And I think what we're seeing with him now is he's finally getting healthy. He was, I think he was dealing with a leg injury, right? It was a knee injury there earlier in the season. I think he's 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 about back to full health and he's really playing well. He's playing fast. I love watching him and Crosby come off the edges and, you know, defensively outside that touchdown that they allowed in the Giants opening uh, possession of the game, they really shut the Giants down, you know, forced three punts, three field goals, and then the sack fumble that I mentioned uh, that Yannick Ngakwe had. So you can't really ask for much more from your defense. Daniel Jones only had 110 yards passing, but there was one area where they were beat up, and that was in the run game. 149 yards allowed. Uh, Devontae Booker, the former Raider, uh, had 99 of those 149 yards. And, you know, it, it continues to be an issue. It's been one all year long. One of the worst teams in the league uh, in terms of run defense, ranked 28th allowing 133 yards a game. It's, it needs to get fixed really soon. Um, you know, I, I've, I do have some concerns with, with the lack of run game on offense and then the, the ability um, not to be able to stop the run on defense. Now, traditionally, when you're talking about playoff teams, that is the recipe for success. You know, you get into late in the season, 
um, cold weather games, things of that nature. You know, those are types of things that you want to be doing well down towards the end of the season, especially if you're trying to make a playoff push or if you are a team who is involved in the playoffs, need to be able to do those two things well. So I really hope to see the Raiders improve in both of those areas. Now, uh, the next topic that I wanted to get to here at the uh, first segment of the show is the signing of Deshaun Jackson. It's obviously really big news for the Raiders offense, and it makes perfect sense. You know, I know there were some... Um, some disagreement out there with the fans on who they wanted to see the Raiders go out and sign. Odell Beckham was a available uh, as well. He's now signed with the the Rams. Um, but the, the 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 signing of Jackson just makes more sense to me as a as a fit with the offense. You you lose your speed guy, you lose your vertical field stretcher in Henry Ruggs. So now you go out and and you're lucky enough where um, one of the 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 best downfield threats that the game has ever seen and Deshaun Jackson he is available so it was a no-brainer in my opinion and I know you listen I know he's 34 years old this is not the same guy you know from from eight years ago or whatever it was when he was lighting up the league and, and I'm aware that he has not been healthy much since the 2017 season but I don't think they they need him or they're expecting him to come in and and pick up Ruggs's production. That's that would be nice, of course, um, but I don't think that's what you're going to get from from Deshaun Jackson at this point in his career. Um, it, it's it's the threat that he brings to the table that it, that that's going to help this offense and help this passing game. He can still run, and he can still take the top off a of defense. So opposing coordinators and opposing defenses, they're going to have to respect that when he is out there. Now, I like the signing. My expectations, um, you know, they're going to be relatively low here to start the season. Health is going to be the big question mark with him. Can he remain healthy? I would expect Zay Jones to continue to start and then Jackson kind of just find his 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 role, you know, a lesser role, a handful of snaps with a specific plan uh, to get him involved in the game. Now, I, I do expect to see him out there Sunday night as well. I believe that is the expectation with the team as well. And I saw I saw Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He tweeted that out that they do expect um, Jackson to to see some some time on Sunday night. Uh, here is some quick audio from offensive coordinator Greg Olson on what he has seen and what he expects to see from Jackson uh, with the Raiders. Yeah, he's looked good. The uh, two days he's been here, uh, he's better today, uh, just in terms of w- what he knows, uh, what we're able to get him involved in. Uh, but he's one of those, you know, I think when you look at premier athletes, he's that kind of guy. Uh, which, not having a chance to have been with him before, but to watch how smoothly he runs and how well he runs routes, how simply it, easy it is for him to catch the football. Uh, just a very natural athlete. Uh, and I think, you know, with those kind of guys, they get older when they're able to rest and then they're go- able to go out and play and they're healthy. Uh, you know, you really... Uh, are not shocked by their speed and athleticism, but uh, he's still got great speed, and uh, we like what we've seen the last two days. Sounds like a pretty good initial report to me there from Greg Olson. I'm really excited to see what Deshaun Jackson can do in the silver and black. The California native, now a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. And the final topic before I get to a break, we are now eight games through the season, nine left to play in this new expanded 17-game schedule. So we're at the halfway point here, okay? And the AFC playoff picture right now, 
it's it's really competitive. If you haven't taken a look at it, go out there and do so. Really, really competitive right now. The Raiders are currently in the five seed, but only two losses. I want to show you how, how competitive it is. Only two losses separate the number one seed, the Tennessee Titans, at 7-2, and two, with the 11th team in the conference, the Denver Broncos, who have a 5-4 and four record. Now, right now, there are four teams with a 5-3 and three record. That does include the Raiders. And then there's five teams with a 5-4 and four record. So it's really, really tight right now. It's going to be fun to see how this all plays out here in the next couple of months. And the Raiders, they do have a couple good things going for them. Uh, they had the 4-1 and one conference record, which is nice. And then they had the head-to-head wins over the, the Ravens, who are the two-seed. They're 6-2 and two right now. And then they also had the head-to-head win over the Steelers, who are the sixth seed just behind the Raiders and one of those four teams that have a five and three record. So that one could come up. That tiebreaker could be really, really important. And then they do have games upcoming against Cincinnati, the Bengals, who, you know, they they had a really good start to the season. They were the number one seed just a couple of weeks ago, and they had two bad losses um, since. Uh, but they're, they're, they're still in the mix right now, and I still think they have a shot. And then you have the a, a game late... Uh, mid-December um, against the Cleveland Browns. And, and right now they are also in the hunt coming off an impressive win over the aforementioned Bengals. So you got to have those wins and those head-to-head situations for tiebreaker purposes can really go a long ways into helping you get to the playoffs. And then, you know, real quick, taking a quick look at the division, the Chargers do lead the AFC West. Um, they have a 2-0 division record. And then with the head-to-head win over the Las Vegas, they they're the the top team in the in the West. Um, all four teams though right now have five wins. It's the wild wild West, baby, right? We wouldn't have it any other way. You know, you look at the Raiders; they cannot afford any more letdowns like they had last week. They just can't if they want to be con- uh, considered a contender for one of the uh, seven playoff spots. It all starts Sunday night against the Chiefs. It would be a really big boost for this team right now, I think, for their confidence to go knock off the Chiefs. Um, and then you look at the remaining schedule. Now, with the exception of of the Washington football team, every team right now that is remaining on the schedule is either currently in the playoffs or in the hunt. So some big-time football games to be played in the next two months for the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, guys, I'm going to step aside now for a quick break, and when I return, we'll chat with Blair Kirkhoff, who covers the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. You don't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on them. Your home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. Raiders! News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Time to shift gears now to the Kansas City Chiefs in the Sunday night game coming up here. Uh, Not looking like the same Chiefs that we are accustomed to seeing since the beginning of the Patrick Mahomes era, but you don't count them out. They are the the two-time AFC champs. They won the Super Bowl there in uh, 2019, and so I can't stress enough how important this game is if the Raiders want to take the next step and get to the playoffs and win be crowned champions of the division, then this is a game they have to have against a a, a struggling Chiefs team uh, at home 
in Las Vegas. We are going to go out to the guest line now and welcome in sports writer Blair Kirkhoff, who covers the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. Blair, thanks so much for hopping on with me this evening. Welcome to Just Pod Baby. Yeah, thanks for the uh, thanks for the invitation. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm really looking forward to the conversation. There's a lot that I want to uh, discuss with you this evening, so let's jump right into it. The Chiefs have not been the Chiefs this season. Uh, I keep waiting for the switch to just flip and, and, and for that offense to just take off. But each week, I keep watching, and, and they just continue to struggle. So I want to start there with you uh, this evening. Only 37 points scored the last three weeks for that Chiefs offense. Very uncharacteristic of them. Now, outside of the turnovers, which have been a major problem uh, for them this year with 19, they do lead the league in that uh, department. Could you explain to us, uh, just point out a couple other areas where they've really seemed to be struggling this year? Right. Well, the turnovers are problem one, as, as you mentioned, and they haven't had as many as 18 in the season under Andy Reid, and now they're at 19 after nine weeks. So <clears throat> that, that is a major issue. But there have been a lot of other things. Um, they're, they're being defended in a way that they, they were not defended in the, 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 the early Patrick Mahomes years. I can't believe we're saying early Patrick Mahomes years because he's still only 26. But in, in 2018, 19, and 20, when the Chiefs offense was among always among the best in the NFL, they played against the usual mix of, of man zone and nothing, nothing elaborate uh, against them. Well, ever since the Super Bowl loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks, um, they're they're going against this the, the the two deep safeties. Every time you you look at a Chiefs um, lineup on offense, you've got two safeties playing about 20 yards off the ball shell, and that's really hurt the Chiefs in terms of taking the top off the defense. That's what that's what they've done. Tyreek Hill mostly, but McCall Hardman and others. The Chiefs have been able to go over the top, get the big play, score, and you know in a matter of seconds really and that hasn't been available to them they will they only have a couple of touchdown passes like that this year and one was in the opener so um there's that there have been drops there have been a kind of lack of concentration the, the turnovers as you mentioned there's been some you know continuity issues on on the offensive line although the o-line has been playing better this year than than the end of last year so it's just a little bit of everything and adding it up you know you you mentioned the, the number of points they scored in the last three games. You got to go back to 20, I think I looked this up, 2017 to find a similar three game stretch of uh, low scoring. Uh, I think it was 36 points in a three game stretch in, in 2017. The difference is they lost all three of those games. In this case, they won two out of three. And of course, they're coming to Vegas on the two game winning streak. Now, you, you talked about how defenses are, are playing them a little bit differently this year. Um, it doesn't appear to be that, um, at least from what I have seen, that Mahomes has has adjusted to the way teams are playing them. He's he's still trying to go for that home run ball, and he's not taking what the defensive is giving him. I, I know the play from last week's game against the Packers has been highlighted where he, he had a wide-open Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field for like a 20-yard gain. Instead, he's forcing it downfield to guys who aren't open. You know, How concerned are you uh, with the lack of adjustments being made by Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, that, that play got a lot of conversation in Kansas City this week. It was it was so obvious that the 20-yard play was there, and Mahomes chose to, you know, to to take what he thought was uh, McCole Hardman getting a step on a 
on a cornerback and and completing a, a long pass and it, it 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 just didn't connect and then the Chiefs were, I think I think that the drive ended up as a three and out so a lot of kind of a lot of teeth gnashing over over that particular play the kind the kind of plays that we just haven't seen Patrick Mahomes or the kind of decisions we haven't seen him make since he's been in a Chiefs uniform so there have been a few of those um, he had a he had a first down, an easy first down pass in the flat to a running back against the Packers, and he chose to, you know, to go deep middle of the field, and uh, and it didn't work out. So, the decision making has been part of the problem for Mahomes, and I think again it goes back to the way defenses are playing, the Chiefs. But um, there, there's just a little bit of of everything going wrong, um, and and then and then then it turns into a confidence issue um, and a trust issue. Do you? Do you continue to trust wide receivers and tight ends the the, the way maybe you did if they're not, um, you know, ma- making route adjustments or, or or running their routes correctly and and do the wide receiver and tight ends trust Mahomes the way implicitly the way they used to and uh, to you know if they get open they find them one of the things that we we we've talked about here is especially when it comes to Travis Kelsey how those guys seem to be on some sort of uh, same wavelength that the ball would be in the air and and Mahomes or Kelsey wouldn't even know which way he was turning. And, and then lo and behold, ball would find a receiver and you'd you'd get a big gain. And just the opposite has happened this year. Um, uh, Just Aaron throws and poor decisions. So, you know, it's all added up to a, um, you know, a a four loss season so far. And that's the, that matches the most that a Mahomes team has had in his, is four years as, as a starter. They lost four twice and, and then two last year. So it really has been off kilter offensively for this team, but they speak confidently about trying, about getting it back. They have the pieces. And, and as I said earlier, they're, they're, they think their offensive line is better than what we saw in the Super Bowl, which was a disaster for them. And, and, um, and it's just a matter of time before they think they can get it back. And while they're doing that, though, uh, while they're trying to kind of find their identity, I think they're going to have to run the ball better and more often and take little dinks and dunks and um, screens and hitches and types of things that defenses are allowing the Chiefs to have and not, and, and not be uh, look for the home run ball every time. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to suggest. You know, some some people out there might might think that, you know, one of the ways to kind of take some of the pressure off your quarterback who seems to be pressing a little bit now would be maybe to lean on that run game a little bit. And I, I do think uh, when you look up the matchup this week with the Raiders, that could be an area where they could look to expose that Raiders defense. Yeah, there, there is. I think there is opportunity there. You know, the, the Raiders certainly are strong on the edges and we'll, we'll get some pressure on the, on, on the chiefs tackles. Max Crosby's having a fantastic year. And, um, but, but I, I do think the chiefs have run the ball. The stats don't suggest it. They've been under a hundred yards two of the last three games, but they've had more runs in the five to 10 to 12 yard range in the last few weeks. than they have at any other time during the season, they just haven't been running it often. And, and so between uh uh, Daryl uh, Daryl Williams, Derek Gore, and even Jarek McKinnon, they're uh, they think that they're capable and 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 can be successful running the ball. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire returned to practice this week, their first round pick from a year ago, who's had some really nice games for the Chiefs. I'm I'm not sure after he's been on injured reserve, so I'm not sure after missing a month that he's going to be ready to go. But 
The Chiefs think that they're in pretty good shape in a running game situation. They just need to go to it a little more often. Sports writer Blair Kirkhoff for the Kansas City Star is joining us this week on Just Pod Baby. I want to ask you about that Chiefs defense. We've seen the unit struggle in the past. This year might be the worst it's been, though, in a couple years. 24th in points allowed, 21st against the run, 22nd versus the pass. And another area where they have really struggled badly and they rank near the bottom of the league in that category as well is is with sacks. Only only 12 sacks this year. Do, do you think, you know, we've seen Spagnola kind of uh, get this defense to play a little bit better towards the end of the season do you think he can get that done again this year before it's too late for the Chiefs yeah that's a good observation because that's sort of been a calling card of the Spags defense is they uh they, they do get better as, as the year progresses and we've talked about the, the Chiefs offense struggling in the last few weeks the defense has been just the opposite this was a disaster of defense early on um uh, Lamar Jackson had had a huge game against him as he as he does against uh, almost everybody now. Justin Herbert had a big game. Uh, Josh Allen, all those guys just kind of torched the Chiefs. No pass rush, um, just wrong personnel on the field at the time. According, you know, seemingly to me anyway, and um, and and and, the, and that and that was putting pressure on the offense. Felt like they had to score every time they they got the ball. But a couple of things have happened in the last few weeks. Um, the, the schedule's a little different. They've, they've gone against a couple of quarterbacks, you know, in the last two weeks in in um, in, in um, uh, the Giants, Jones, and then uh, and then Jordan Love with the Packers last week. That you know that, that make it made it a little bit easier for uh, for the Chiefs. But also, the um, they, they picked up Melvin Ingram in a trade with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he, from the very first play in in, in uh, Sunday's game against the Packers, uh, made made an impact, and uh, and, and and played well. He, I think he got about 29 snaps in his first game. But what what picking him up did was it's allowed the Chiefs to move Chris Jones to the inside, which is his more natural position. He'd been playing on the edge most of the season, and they wanted to take advantage of his athleticism and and get his sack numbers up a little bit. But he's he is more effective in the middle in, in their in their four three, and so that's that's what happened on um, uh, on Sunday. And yes, Jordan Love was kind of a disaster in his first NFL start, but the Packers have other weapons. They've got a really good running game with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and and the Chiefs shut that down uh, pretty effectively. So uh, we'll we'll see. They're, Derek Carr's in a different league than the than Daniel Jones and, and Jordan Love, so. We'll we'll see what happens on on Sunday, but uh, but the Chiefs do feel a little bit better about what's going on defensively here in the last two games. You know they've got some familiar faces uh, in the secondary with with Sorensen, Matthew Thornhill, Sneed. Um, how's that group looking in the back end right now? Yeah, pretty good. You're right. I mean, these are all guys with uh, you know multiple Super Bowl appearances, and um, uh, the Tyron Matthew. Uh, had a pick six earlier this year against Lamar Jackson, and is, is um, he's their kind of their rover back there. He lines up wherever he wants and, and blitzes when he wants, and he's uh, you know he, he's certainly um, you know worthy of his uh, his All Pro status that he's had in the two seasons he's been with the Chiefs. Um, the the corners have have been pretty good. Uh, Charvarius Ward and uh, Legarius Sneed are you know. Guys on defense, the kind of the guys you need to to build a championship team. Low round draft picks that you know that that uh, you're not uh, that you know just 
they're just, and, and they're not just other guys. They they've played above their sort of their draft status, and are uh, and, and have played well for the Chiefs this year. Jerry Snead had a nice interception last week against Green Bay, and and and, and Charvarius Ward's been good all year. Now, now having said that, you know nobody torched them last year like the Raiders and Derek Carr, especially at Arrowhead Stadium. That was a a clinic that uh, the Raiders put on, and. And the Chiefs played a little bit better in the game, you know, in Vegas, but still it was a 35-31 Chiefs win there. So the Raiders offense had so much success against Kansas City a year ago. And listen, I know things are, you know, are, are really uh, uneven and newsworthy and uh, whatever you want to call the, you know, what, what the Raiders are going through over the last few weeks. But I, st- I think Derek Carr is a, is a player who historically has bothered the Chiefs, even in losses. He's bothered the Chiefs. His quick release, um, you know, he's, his low interception rate. I, I, I think Derek Carr um, is, is almost built to play against this Chiefs defense. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff uh, for the Kansas City Star covers the Chiefs is our guest this weekend. Just Pod Baby, big time AFC West uh, West matchup here on Sunday night. It's a huge game. I, I think I'm looking at the schedule. I think it's the game of the week. If you ask me, uh, right now in that division, all four teams have five wins right now. It's totally up for grabs in the AFC West. You're around this Chiefs team a lot. Do you do you feel the sense that they know this is an important game and it's time to right the ship right now against the Raiders this week if they want to keep pace in that division? They do. Uh, they, they absolutely do. It's um, uh, you. You can get. You, you can tell that there was a little bit of a sense of relief after their previous two wins. They they hung on to beat the Giants and um, and got by uh, an Aaron Rodgerless Packers team. They know that they're playing a different type of team in in the Vegas Raiders and with a different quarterback. So uh, I think the 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 radar is up. Look. I know that in the media and the fans, they make a big deal here, certainly in Kansas City about Raiders week. And that goes back, of course, to the AFL days. I don't think the players get into that as much as, uh, as maybe fans think that they do. But I, I do think from a, from a chief standpoint, the way this season has broken for them and the opportunity that still lies ahead. I mean, two weeks ago, they were sitting at three and four and everybody's wondering if this, you know, uh, where, where they're going to end up in the, in the draft, uh, order next year a couple of wins albeit a little bit shaky but let's change the 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 mood a little bit and i do think that uh, the chiefs see this sunday game as an opportunity to prove that you know that these last two games weren't fluky and they can uh, and they can uh, beat a good team in their stadium so we'll see um i'm i I have, I have to pick the game and i haven't decided which way to go yet uh, i know the chiefs are a slight favorite and um but I don't know. I, I, I've seen too many Raiders games, Raiders Chiefs games over the last few years. I know the Chiefs have gotten the better of the Raiders in most of those games, but I just am always impressed with the way Carr plays against this team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's had a couple of really good games against the Chiefs, uh, you know, in, in his past eight years with the team. So, uh, Blair Kirkhoff, everybody, uh, sports writer for the Kansas City Star. Blair, thank you so much for all your time tonight and all your insight. Really appreciate your help and uh, hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. Great talking to you, Evan. Thank you very much. All right, nice little rundown there with uh, Blair, Blair Kirkhoff. He does a great job for the Kansas City Star. You heard us speak about the Chiefs' defense. They do have a track record of, of playing better down the stretch of, of the seasons. And, and, I, and I know one of the things I've been reading 
uh, about their defenses. They, they've gotten healthier along the defensive line. Only 12 sacks. They rank 31st right now in the NFL in that in that department. So they, they've gotten healthier there. You heard him say they added Melvin Ingram, which kicked Chris Jones back inside to his position, defensive tackle, where he has been so good the last few years. So I, I do think they will get... Uh, get it going from a pass rush standpoint, uh, but it's the offense, you know, and it's the turnovers. Nineteen turnovers. The Raiders, they're going to be able to get pressure on Mahomes. Can they force him into some some errant uh, throws, some bad decisions? He's been prone to make those types of plays this year. Um, hoping the Raiders can can you know force some takeaways of their own. And, and traditionally, Travis Kelsey, he's had some big games versus the Raiders, so keep an eye on him. They're going to have to keep him in check. They can't let him uh, ruin this game for them. So should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. I am not looking forward to the late night, but I will be there, of course, with all of you every snap of the game. All right, it is that time. Another show in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Until then, take care, everyone, and as always, just win, baby.